Hey guys, Paul Ruddick here. Welcome to the Baseball Dad Show. I want you to imagine a circle being drawn. And you can imagine it any way that you want, whether it's on a piece of paper or chalkboard or whiteboard or, or even like being drawn on an iPad. And as you see that circle being drawn, I want you to imagine that circle represents your son's potential. And for our conversation, represents his potential as a baseball player. Now, inside that potential, inside that circle of potential, there's not only what might be the immediate potential, like what might come this season or, or sometime um, you know, in the next year or two. There's also, in, inside of that, is the potential that we've caught glimpses of. We've, we've seen, um, wow, there's something there. Um, or we see a foundation being laid that, that if, if continued to be built upon, could really turn into something. And also inside that potential is, is long-term potential of what we see are, are you know, even physical characteristics, personality, um, discipline, dedication, hard work, all the things that we would call um, X factors um, or intangibles, which oftentimes are more important than physical skills. And we can understand this circle as potential, and, and oftentimes as, as parents listening to this, is because we have caught glimpses of it, and there's, there's very few times that I did not think that, a, that, a, that the parental instinct of a child's potential wasn't accurate. Now, it doesn't mean that doesn't get distorted. <laughs> it doesn't mean that, that that parent can take that glimpse of something or, or that, that, that glimmer of, of, of a foundation or potential skill and, and distort it. But just because of what happens after they're seeing it, um, the distortion or, or, or the, you know, whatever happens after doesn't mean that it wasn't there to begin with. It just means what happened after maybe got a little off the rails. In this season of the Baseball Dad Show, we're going to focus on this idea of playing fearlessly. And in this episode, I'm going to introduce a concept that's going to um, set the table for our discussion all season long and is also going to fundamentally change the way you look at your son's career. Not only his career, but probably everything in his life, probably everything even that we do in our lives. It's going to, it's going to fundamentally change that. There is an equation of performance um, that was developed by Dr. Tim Galway. And that equation is performance equals potential minus interference potent performance equals potential minus interference so oftentimes when we have the experience of fear we can we can we can look at it as the illusion of a deficit in our play the illusion of, of a gap in our game that needs to be filled. And so if you, th- if you just took like a line graph and you, you, were going, you established a baseline line going across and this kind of you is dug out when we have this fear. And when we have the experience of fear, we think about it as sort of something that needs to be fixed. And fear could be any other way we categorize it and label it. Like we talked about in the last episode, it could be panic, worry, anxiety, pressure. And when we see this, when we see the, as a, the illusion of a deficit, the illusion of a gap, we think there's something that needs to be filled. We think there's something that needs to be done about it. And we often look to, wow, you know, if, if I'm having this fear, um, I, I need to manage it, deal with it, eliminate it. Um, so we do a lot of fear management tactics, fear elimination techniques, you know, fear controlling um, methods. Or we think that, you know what, 
uh, here's the thing. If I'm, if I'm nervous, if I'm panicked, worried, fearful, um, uh, have anxiety, feeling pressure, I, I know. I'll, I'll just become a better version of me. I'll get stronger. I'll throw harder. I'll hit with more exit velo. I'll, I'll just do more and I'll be more and, and it'll go away. Magically, I'll just become better. I'll become a person that doesn't have this experience. And so there's stages of it. There's, there's kind of a stage that in like stage one is we can have the experience of fear and people shut down. Stage two is we have the experience of fear. Now I'm going to do something to manage about, manage it. Or stage three is that, that I'm just going to become the type of person who doesn't have this. Or stage four, we can kind of look at how it works. And this is the foundational shift that we're going to make. So in how it works and to prove the Galway equation, Oftentimes when I'm working with players and I'm mentoring players, they're talking to me about what's going on and, and they talk in a way, even, even if they don't really articulate it as fear, they're talking in a very fearful way and all of their actions are kind of triggered by fear. So if they want to throw harder or hit or whatever they want to do, or whatever they want to accomplish or add to their game, the, the first brick that they're laying and building it is fear. The come from is fear. Their premise is fear. Their starting point is fear. And anytime our starting point is fear, our first brick is fear, that's not going to be a great place to build. And oftentimes this, and we can fall into this really easy as players and, and coaches and parents because we're in the game and, and in the game we're talked about, we, we always talk about getting better all the time, learning all the time, constantly improving. And that can, that can sometimes morph into a very detrimental trend called the addition model. And the addition model is me plus something else will equal a better me. Me plus fear management will equal fearless. Me plus fear control, fear elimination will equal fearless. Me plus being, be getting stronger or me plus 10 hours of practice will equal better or me plus this coach or me plus that team or me plus this college will make me somehow a better me. But the starting premise of the addition model, the, the first brick in the addition model building is fear. Because in the addition model, we're coming from the place that there is something missing from me that if I just added it to me, I would be complete or I would be better. Now, that's not to say that there's not things to do. That's not to say that you might not, you might need to get stronger. You might need to add another pitch. You might need to put in more hours. There's not to say that there's not things to do. But I'm going to look at it from what's the starting point? What's the first brick we're laying here? Because in my experience as a mentor to the players that I, I mentor now and have coached is that oftentimes it's what we take away that makes more of a difference than what we add. It's subtractive psychology, subtractive training. It's the equation of performance equals potential minus interference. So in other words, their the performance, our, our, our players' ability to go out on the field and get everything they can out of all they've got equals potential, the circle we drew at the beginning, the potential, the circle, minus the things that take away from the circle minus the interference. So let's go back to that circle. In my work, I would refer to that circle as the energetic capacity. In order a player has, um, brings to their ability to reach their potential energy. And that is mental energy, physical energy, time energy, all the ways that energy are spent, attention energy. So if we're looking at that circle is that our ability to squeeze the most out of that circle is going to be our ability to minus, to eliminate everything that removes from that circle, everything that takes away from that circle. 
So in, in that circle is, in my work, what I call the e-sig, the energetic signature. So there's an energetic capacity, your potential, then your energetic signature, kind of the way you do things. And we can see that. There's players, um, if we're looking like in the major leagues, there's players that are very animated players. There's players that play with a lot of emotion. There's players that are very stoic um, and, and, they're, and all in between. Um, and then there's players that, um, you know, all different types of players. You've got power hitters. You've got contact hitters. You've got guys who are fast, guys who aren't so fast. You've got uh, players who are great on defense. You have pitchers, starting pitchers, hard throwers, spot throwers, relievers, short relievers, um, openers, um, and, and then all the different positions that we play. All make up that energetic signature. In order for our players to play at their best, we have to maximize the energetic capacity. We have to maximize the circle. And we maximize the circle by helping them step into their energetic signature fully. And let me give you a few examples that can spread over the entire game. Let's talk about the energetic signature as a hitter. Let's just take um, Barry Bonds. I know. I know, but he's a great example that everybody kind of gets. So Barry Bonds, if he hits three home runs over the weekend and comes back Monday morning in batting practice, um, his hitting coach doesn't say, you know, Barry, those three home runs were good, but we should really work on going the opposite way. We should work on going the opposite field. You're not getting a lot of opposite field singles. Look, you can just hit the ball like 130 feet to the opposite field. You'll get signals all the time. That is going to take him out of his energetic signature. And so we do that with players all the time. We expect them to become different types of players on mainly purely subjective terms. And so what, what we often do is in, in that situation is now you have a hitter who's got an energetic signature of Barry Bonds is, is kind of a middle end power hitter and his energetic capacity, his ability to perform. And we're taking a sliver of that capacity, the energetic capacity, and we're taking him out of his signature and trying to make him something that he's not. So now there's less in that circle. It's just like in a pie graph. There's, there's now a chunk of that that is devoted to him trying to be something that he's not. If we're a pitcher who is a great spot pitcher and he's hitting spots and he's doing his job and he's really getting hitters out and maybe changing speeds, but his velocity isn't, isn't where it is. And somebody says, you've got to throw harder. Now that might be true. But that would be a process that we would develop. But if the pitcher all of a sudden gets into fear about throwing harder, if the come from is the addition model that if I add velocity to me, I'll be even better. Now we're coming from a place of fear and not from a place of, hey, an objective place of, you know, you're great at all these things. We should maybe spend some time trying to develop velocity that might make these better or it might not. But if we have a pitcher in the middle of the year that's coming to me and saying, hey, my, my coach says I need to throw harder. Well, I don't know. Let's talk about it. Maybe your coach is just wrong. Maybe your coach wants you to throw harder because he has a tournament coach and he knows that, that you could just, you know, the best way to win a tournament is have six pitchers who can blow cheese. So that would be his starting point, not yours. And so if you have a pitcher who's doing great, do we maximize his energetic signature by helping him be better at what he is? Or do we take a sliver off of that and make him be something that he's not? In our personalities, there are players that are very rah-rah, very outspoken, very kind of um, animated. And there's players that are very stoic. Nobody ever said to Mariano Rivera, I need to see a little bit more fire. I need to see a little more pump up. And when you strike somebody out, pump your arm, get fired up. Nobody ever said that to him. 
But if a coach did have a stoic, more quiet player, even like a Mike Trout is kind of a you know working man's blue-collar type of player, he's very different than Bryce Harper. I've got thoughts on Bryce Harper for another show. <laughs> but if you said to a, a Bryce Harper, hey, um, you need to be more stoic, you need to be more Mike Trout-like, Aaron Judge-like, you'd probably, you would take away from his energetic signature. Not that I don't think there's some improvements that could be made for Bryce Harper. There certainly are. Because there is a point where the personality, the volume gets turned up too high on the personality, and then it starts to come back on you, which is happening with him. But if you ask Mike Trout to be more animated, more pumped up, more rah-rah, now he's going to slice off part of his capacity. He's going to get out of his energetic signature. And now that's going to minimize his capacity. So now think about players and how many things we're asking them to do. Your son's ability to maximize his potential is going to be maximizing his energetic capacity. And that means using all of the energy he has, pushing in one direction, not trying to be 10 different things. Is if, if I'm using the example of kind of being rah-rah, there's lots of coaches that want everybody up on the, up on the fence and cheering, and, and, and that just might not be in someone's personality. So what often happens is in situations like that, when it comes to the way players behave, the way players act, the way players cheer, or the way players interact with their teammates, we tend to want everybody to be the same. And if we want everybody the same, what we're doing is we're coaching to a lowest common denominator. And we're taking players out of their energetic signature. And so what you often see in those situations is you see players who catch symptoms of a motivated player and they will act that way, but it's an act. And now you have someone acting. And now if they're acting, that's another sliver of off of that pie, off of their energetic capacity pie because they're outside of their energetic signature. So what if you wanted Aaron Judge to be animated like Bryce Harper and uh, be kind of a, a, a more singles contact hitter. We take him out of his energetic signature, and that, that time that he would spend trying to be something else, he'd be out of his energetic signature, and that would take up a large percentage of his energetic capacity, which is his potential. And so his career, his potential, his growth would be stunted. When we look at this, this is everything in our lives everything that we do and when we can look at it in this idea of this is potential the circle that we drew that you imagine drawing on the chalkboard or the whiteboard or the piece of paper or the ipad the circle is is the potential and then how we do things and becoming the best at how we do things go all in on being yourself be great at what you're great at doesn't mean we don't prove. It doesn't mean there won't be things to do. It doesn't mean there won't be hours to put in. It doesn't mean we won't sharpen it. It doesn't mean we won't look in the direction of throwing harder. Or maybe hitting opposite field is the right thing to do. Maybe you got a guy who's making great contact on the outside pitch, but he keeps trying to pull it. And he's popping out. There's always going to be things to do. But as long as we're looking at it from an objective position, and we're looking at those circles and the way they do things, the energetic signature, now we're going to do much better with our players. So that we're constantly going to be referring back to what takes away from that circle, what take, what slices off a piece of that pie, because that's the interference. Performance equals potential minus interference. If we can get that pie functioning well, that circle functioning fully, our player, our, our sons will play to the best of their potential. Um, 
if you want to ask a question, because we still want to answer your questions here on the Baseball Dads podcast, if you want to ask a question, um, this year we're encouraging you to go into the Baseball Dads Facebook group. If you go to BaseballDadsShow.com, scroll to the bottom, there'll be a link, a little Facebook icon, click on that, join the Facebook group, post your question there, and they will get it to me. My team will get it to me. Um, I don't do social media, sorry. <laughs> but they will get it to me. And, um, and then what also will happen is you'll be able to get engaged with the, with the rest of the community. There are a couple thousand dads there that you'll get some, um, some feedback on that question as well. Um, so we do want to answer your questions about the specifics of baseball and the different, you know, whatever, you know, X's and O's and pitching and hitting and stuff like that. And the best way to do that is to go to baseball dad show, scroll to the bottom, click on the Facebook group, join the group, ask your question there. They'll get it to me. And then also there's a bunch of other cool stuff there on that page that you might like as well. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I want to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.